Thank you for calling Domino's. This is Jackson. Where can I get started for you today? Uh, hi, this is Adeline McMurray, and I would like a funny podcast for the side of a good movie review and um, some good goofs on the side. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can I get a name from you? I already, I already gave you one. Oh, sorry. Um, and the address? Uh, 1234 5678 uh, Good Content Avenue. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're right next to City Center, and you've just listed a six-digit number in your address, meaning that the location you just told us is easily at least 300 miles away, um, and I can't imagine that isn't outside of our delivery radius. I need to speak to your manager, please. Okay, I'll put him on. Just like, do you mind if I put you on hold for a minute? No, absolutely not. I will call the police. <laughs> okay, you can just listen to the restaurant noises then, I guess. <laughs> hey, Pizza Populous, hand me that to pizza dough. Hey, Justin, somebody wants to talk to you. They're like 300 miles away, but they still want a pizza. Hello? Yeah, sorry, just one second. Jimmy? Hi, this is Justin. I'm the the manager. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Justin. Uh, I need you to fire uh, Jackson for me. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Is that all? Yeah. And deliver his corpse to 123456. Great content avenue. I just moved. Okay. I'm much more happier in my new place. Well, the thing about that is, uh, I'm still Justin. I have the same voice as Jackson, but I'm Justin. Yeah, Um, yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, I I can't kill him, but you have to understand, you are very, very far away from our restaurant. Uh There's probably a closer Domino's location to you. Uh, No, there isn't. I checked on Google Maps, and this is the only Domino's. Oh, okay. Well, um, can I call you back? No, I need to speak to your manager. Can I, can I, um, can I call you back? No. (laughs) Delete this message. (laughs) Okay, um, I don't know if I've decided to run the opening (laughs) song yet or not. Okay, real quick. Some we have to no, real quick. <laughs> start the podcast at some point. This is behind the scenes stuff. So on my recording, I'm getting a lot of like fuzzy, just like background noise whenever I'm not talking. Okay. It's at like 34 it looks like on the little scale. Is that okay or do I need to fix something? Um, uh, no. I mean, it just means you have some white noise, but okay. that happens sometimes. Can you like edit it out or whatever? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, uh, I took a one credit five week program on audio editing, so Great. <laughs> yeah, I know how to eliminate background noise. Wow. You may also have to eliminate the sound of the ice in my drink when I picked up my lemonade. (laughs) Okay, so uh, speaking of, I'm going to use the thing we just talked about as a segue, even though I'm most likely going to cut it out of the podcast. Uh Um, Speaking of audio editing, um, my... (laughs) Because we were. um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
my audio editing professor last quarter is one of those weird old guys that, like, whenever you talk about pop music, for some reason they can't not bring up the fact that people use auto-tune. Yeah. It, which is yeah. so weird to me. It, what people don't understand about auto-tuning is that the person is still singing. Yeah. They're just changing like, it a little bit afterwards. Right. It's like, okay, first of all, the majority of the time, autotune is not being used to cover up the fact that somebody has no talent. Yeah. It's being used as an artistic choice. And even when it's not, it's any circumstance in which you'd be using autotune to actually fix somebody's voice, it would be somebody who wrote the song. Yeah. If somebody's performing a song that they wrote and they can't sing well enough as they would like and they want to fix that, that shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is. Yeah. Like, I don't know, for some reason, anybody over the age of 30, if you, like, use the, like, just the sound of an auto-tuned voice, like, triggers PTSD flashbacks for them for some yeah. reason. And no. I don't know why. I love postmodern jukebox with all my heart. I think they do really cool, really creative, and really just awesome stuff, and they do transform music in really cool ways. But I've learned not to read the comments, because literally 100% of the comments is every single guy who thinks he's super edgy going, wow, this is so much better than the original. Modern music sucks. And yeah, I'm just man. like, guys, let people like things. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's guys. Just like, I don't know. And it's like pop music can only be judged on how good of a singer the person singing is. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird, it's such a weird way to think about music. And this guy's like a professional audio engineer too, which is yeah, so weird Yeah, he should be me. like, whoa, auto-tuning's cool. Yeah. But instead he's <laughs> shitting all over it. And it's like, I don't know, if you were gonna like find some starlet and make her a pop star, why would you pick one who you would have to auto-tune yeah, their who voice? Yeah, can't sing? Then just... There are yeah. millions and millions and millions of wonderful singers in this blessed world of ours. <laughs> Why would you just grab somebody who can't and be like, you're the star now? The Why one. would you ever do that? You are the chosen one. <laughs> Speaking of chosen ones. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter. Hey, the starlet. The <laughs> young starlet, Harry Jeremy Potter. What's his middle name? James, James after his dad. Yeah, you know the one. <laughs> I just I'm just looking down my notes and I have this written down as Harry Potter three Prince of Ass. <laughs> so that's have you ever noticed it. how if you're a character, if you're a male character and somebody important to you died, their name is always your middle name. Yeah, even like if Peter it's Benjamin really Parker. Stupid, I'm looking at you. Yeah. the sequels to the Harry Potter books. <laughs> you, um, Severus, Harry, Lupin, Albus, Severus, Neville, Hermione Granger, the fourth. Potter. Potter. If you're um, in Slytherin, I'll kill you. And then this one. <laughs> Nuh-uh, that's not what he says. That's the whole thing. At the end, he's like, the kid's like, what if I get put in Slytherin, then will I be a racist? And he was like, no, Snape was not a racist, I think. No, he's, no, it's, see, the thing about Snape is, is that he's definitely <laughs> still a racist. <laughs> um, when did, when do you say that? He doesn't do any racist things. Okay, but if he, if Lily, okay, so you know how the whole thing is that either Harry Potter or Neville Longbottom could have been the chosen one? 
if Neville right. Longbottom was the chosen one, he would have still been a Death Eater and would have killed all of them. And he's still an asshole, even though like the only but, <laughs> ever safe. But that sucks. didn't. But that didn't happen. Yeah, but that he's was still not a the real reality. Well, okay, whatever. We'll get to that in sucks. part eight of the face. series. Um, so yeah, okay. This is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, or um, HP and the P of A, if you're short on time. <laughs> Which I am. I have places to be. <laughs> um, it's the third one. Yes, the third in the series, directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Oh. <laughs> Exotic. Directed by Alfonso. Wow, this is the who... worst Asmer channel. <laughs> okay, have you seen the one where the girl, like, eats makeup and, like, chews on rocks and stuff? No. <laughs> Holy shit, it's the worst thing, like, I've ever witnessed on the internet. I only know about it because uh, Cody Ko did a video about it. Yeah. Like, literally, it's maybe the worst thing on the internet. I know there's a lot of fucked up stuff on the internet, (laughs) but this girl just takes makeup and, like, eats it. There's one where she, like, just, uh, there's one where she chews on rocks into a microphone. There's one where she, like, eats slime. There's one, like, it's just the horrible, most awful ASMR you can ever imagine. There is, the only thing, like, similar to that I know is that someone, you know, in clear slime, you put, like, beads or charms or whatever in clear slime, so there's, like, a texture to it, but someone just put a bunch of thumbtacks into slime, and then started, like, (laughs) squishing them like they do, and it's the worst. Oh, I now remember where the other one was. There's one where she just eats a stick of deodorant. Is she pranking you? No, you can see it. Like, it's not white chocolate. You can tell. Like, it crumbles and falls apart like deodorant does. And it, like, leaves her mouth all, like, white and stained afterwards. It's horrible. It's the worst thing on planet Earth. Mm. Um, Harry Potter Daddy also no does like that in this he... movie. He eats a stick of deodorant. Yeah. That's, <laughs> see, he gets attacked by a Dementor. The loop is like, eat this, you'll feel better. And then he just hands him a stick of deodorant. <laughs> And Harry's like, I don't, I don't want to do this, Lupin. And Harry Please don't just eat, let me eat this stick of deodorant. And Lupin just like makes really hard eye contact with him, like expectantly, and he just like slowly. takes a bite slowly. Ashamed. God, that is so good. <laughs> thanks, what if in... thanks for the approval, Jackson. <laughs> what if in every Harry Potter movie, just Harry like, Potter ate like... a stick of deodorant? I think about it <laughs> like... a lot. Whenever, whenever somebody needs to like, like in the second movie where they give him bone regrowing juice, it's uh-huh. not bone regrowing juice; it's just a stick of deodorant. <laughs> it might as well be because the wizarding <laughs> world is fucking stupid. It might as well be here, Harry. Eat this stick of deodorant. There are no rules here. <laughs> so okay, yeah, this movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, director of such movies as Gravity and oh. Roma oh. and, like, some other movies that I can't think of oh. right off the top of my head. Like, seriously, one of the most, like, talented directors in the modern yeah. canon, um, which is just wild. I think he did this movie before he really did any of his other famous movies. Probably, yeah. Well, because he um, went and accepted this after doing those other movies. Is that me? Yeah, I don't know. Who, who's to say? Did you not like this movie? No, I like this movie. It's definitely the best, oh, okay. like, going up, like, this is definitely the best Harry Potter movie so oh, far. Oh, yeah. By about a million yeah, points. Yeah, ten billion trillion. 
Um, so, okay. Going so, into my notes. Well, Harry Potter, the very first like, real thing, quick. Shut oh, up. go ahead. I'm talking. It's my <laughs> turn. <laughs> we, I've probably personally watched this movie the most out of all the Harry Potter movies. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's probably because you hate the first and second one so much. I don't know. I didn't I, always, though. You didn't like, always, not when we were true. kids. For some reason, I've just seen the third, probably the most out of any of them. And I right. completely forgot the entire first part of this movie. I, like, everything up until he gets on the bus, I've just, like, wiped from my memory. Like, <laughs> I totally forgot that he makes his aunt explode. It's just, I guess that's the only thing that he does before he gets there. But that part's rough. Right. Yeah, the I was gonna say I've seen this movie a lot of times too. That's the case for all three of the first three of them because those were the ones we had on DVD. Yeah. Um, and when we were kids, we like didn't have a huge selection of DVDs. We so couldn't afford like, DVDs. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just like we had to watch. When we Shadow were kids, Puppets. it was like The Incredibles, the first three Harry Potters, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like we would just like take on car trips all the time. Oh yeah. What else? I think Finding that's just because we liked those movies, so we decided to only watch those. Right. Well, it's just like, yeah, those are the movies that we always took on car trips. Um, when we got a little bit older, it was Lord of the Rings. Um, anyway, uh, the very first thing I have written down is um, <laughs> just that in, like, the opening sequence where he's, like, under his covers, like, trying to read his magic textbook, yeah. the thing he's looking at just says extreme incantations. Yeah, I know. And I just wrote that down because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's like he's looking at, like, a skateboarding magazine. Yeah, I know. Like, sick tricks. <laughs> and it's like a wizard with, um, like, a whip. And then the next thing I wrote down was, like, even under Alfonso Cuaron, the Dursleys are still fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no, that whole opening scene, like, I wrote down, wow, I really don't remember any of this. And then I wrote down, wow, this scene sucks, because <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I don't think it sucks, it's just weird. It's just like, way over the top and acting yeah. weird. And they're really right. they're really trying to... It's a super fast-paced movie, because they're trying to do all the things that happened in the book. Right. So it's like, that ant's got to explode, but she's got to explode now, and we have to go on to something else <laughs> right. now. So that happened, moving on. Yeah. And the ant is so cut and dry, like, oh, mean yeah. ant. She's like, oh, Harry, you fucking suck. I should beat you right here. Dudley's perfect, wonderful, uh, love everything about him. It's like, there's absolutely no yeah. nuance to I it I have whatsoever. a weird dog. Uh, your mom's a bitch. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, the next thing I've written down is just the phrase, God, this is so weird. But, like, yeah, he just, like, blows up his aunt and she goes flying into the sky. And it's, I don't know, whatever. I saw something. And, you know, it's super fast because, like, this movie is, like, a full 20 minutes shorter than the previous two. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, but it's Uh, moving at the speed of light to cut out Exactly, and that's sort of what it is. I don't know, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Because, like, every once in a while it's a little bit jarring. But for the most part, I'm totally satisfied to just be like, bam, 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 yeah. bam, it's let's keep it going. It's only weird in this, like, one particular scene where he does something that seems kind of detrimental, and then we just kind of move on super quickly. <laughs> right. Um, oh, no, I read something yeah, so, online that ahead. was like, it was like how magic works. It was like, he was like, Harry in his mind is saying shut up, and shut up in Latin is close to, like, inflate or something. It was, like, how two things that he was thinking could get mixed up in Latin, and that's why she blew up like that. And I was yeah, like, that's stupid. I was like, oh, that, I, that makes sense, because without that, why the fuck did she just blow up like that? <laughs> it's just, it, it, 
I don't know. It's just like his rage yeah, manifesting. He's blowing up, so she's gonna make her. Blow <laughs> yeah, up. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I need an explanation for that. It's just like. Oh, he's got this ambient magic energy because he's a wizard and he's pubescent. Because he's hurry pruder. He's got cum coming out of all over the place. What? And hey, Jackson, <laughs> what the fuck Cause... are you talking about? <laughs> I just mean he's angry and horny all the time, and he doesn't have an outlet for it. So eggs. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that's a John Mulaney joke. Yeah, um, yeah John Mulaney didn't talk then. so much about cum, though, Jackson. <laughs> that wasn't in the bit, and I um, think we're learning the... why. <laughs> um, but, okay, so right after that scene uh, is that moment where he just comes down with his suitcase and just fucking points a gun at his uncle yeah. <laughs> and is just like, try me, bitch. Like, and it's really good. It is good. Like, it's that first time where Harry's just, like, so frustrated and so, and it's that total, like, young kid thing where something goes wrong and you're just like, I'm going to jail, everything's over for me. Because, <laughs> <What? laughs> I don't know, weren't you always paranoid about stuff as a kid? No. <laughs> Whatever. Well, you thought the world was going to end when they turned on the Super Hydron Collider, so I don't know. I think you worried yeah, a lot the more super than I did. Yeah, the Super Hydron Collider. What is it called? Um, <laughs> the Large Hadron Collider. Whatever. Who gives a care? Um, anyway, I don't know. It just felt like a relatable reaction to a okay. kid, like, doing something wrong. Like, and being afraid you're gonna get caught for it. Whatever. Um. <laughs> Screw you. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. And part of the, the detriment to this movie moving so fast is that it sort of glosses over some cause and effect from time to time. Yeah. Um. Like, the great example is, like, he runs away, and he just happens to find this bus, and he's like, okay, take me to this hotel, and then he gets there, and the Weasleys and Hermione are also just there, yeah. and you're like, And also, the happening? Minister like, of Magic what? is there for some reason. Right. And he's yeah, like, he's just, like, there to meet him. And he's literally like, that, you're cool, Harry, whatever, lol, see ya, peace sign. And it's like, okay. Right. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to say that. We could still talk about the night bus, though, in that... Rasta head? That's I don't know if that's cool or not. Very racist, drunken head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's racist. It's just it's like... It's definitely not cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, that's one of those things because we watch this movie so much. Like, all of the things that he says are, yeah. like, weirdly ingrained into my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you don't even remember that at all until it happens, and all of a sudden it just, like, rings in your yeah. head forever. That's in London, man. The, the leaky cauldron that's in London. Uh, yeah, so. Well, so he, gets, um, he, like, the whole thing is that he points his wand into the road and that's what summons the bus. And the movie's not gonna tell you that because we have places to be. But. Sure, I don't know. I just figured it was, like, this magic bus that just, like, senses when someone needs to get somewhere yeah. and it's an emergency and it just shows up. Yeah, like, it's I don't know, magic I'm fine with that. Care, but yeah. yeah. But so then this, like, guy who's, like, two years older than Harry and, uh, who apparently has scurvy <laughs> walks out of the bus and is like, Oi, God, yeah, don't so give good. me a ticket! <laughs> I like that guy. I think he's good. He's, oh, he's, he tells you his name, and I don't remember what it is. I'm... Gary Pratchett. <laughs> What's an English name? Gary Pratchett. What does that sound like? That sounds like an author. Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, I don't know. It's this whole crazy sequence that's super fun where this bus yeah. is just like speeding through London at ridiculous speeds and doing crazy magic shit. And it's like 
just super whimsical and goofy, and yeah. I don't know, it's just like a solid seven minutes of a good time. Yeah. And then the, the little Rasta guy speaks again, and then you have to have a little conversation <laughs> with yourself if that's okay or not. Yeah, I don't know. Every single time. <laughs> but... What um, really took me out of the moment when Harry runs away is that he uh, straight up leaves Hedwig at the Dursleys. And like, hey, Harry. Oh, yeah. Does he? Wait. Yeah, I guess he does. And then, and then Hedwig just like appears at the Leaky Cauldron because I think the director was like, oh, shit, he just left Hedwig there. Yeah. Don't they say something? Aren't they like, oh, your owl showed up just yeah. as you planned and or now something? No, that poor, like, Igor slave who's there for some reason. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. Why is he there? And why is he, like, <laughs> the Minister of Magic's, like, weird slave boy? Yeah, I don't know. Uh... There's not, like, <laughs> why is he there? <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you, you've you got a smart bud. He showed up five minutes before you. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah. great. Yeah, maybe he, I assume he just let Hedwig out the window and like told him where he was going and it just, it worked out. Okay. Um, I mean, look, you've got to give this movie the benefit of the doubt because it's very good in a lot of ways. It is. It just moves too fast and forgets to tell you things sometimes. Yeah. Especially in a story that's so detail-oriented as Harry Potter. Right. To be like, eh, whatever. It just kind of doesn't work with something sometimes. Right. Uh, um, when Harry gets all his new textbooks and he gets the very fun uh, monster book of monsters, or monster mm-hmm. manual, whatever it's called, which is very fun and goofy, but it's just another testament to how stupid the wizarding world is. <laughs> Right. Because if every time I open a book, it tries to kill me, guess which book I'm not going to open? <laughs> right. That and one. one of the things that's just like, if you think, I mean, look, I, this is the most cinema-singed thing in the world, but yes. I hate that I'm even saying it. But, like, if you were going to, like, make a book, clearly you would have had the option yeah. to be like, I could make this into a monster. Or it could just or be I could a just, regular ass book. I could just not do that. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a creative decision the authors <laughs> of the monster manual made. It's just like, what the fuck? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, you could have just but not that. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's a whimsical world, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so then Harry uh, comes downstairs, and all the Weasleys are there. Like, everyone's just there hanging out. Yeah, yeah well, the Weasleys are back from vacation in Egypt. Hermione is just there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, they um, do my favorite thing that they always do in Harry Potter movies, where an adult takes Harry aside and just blasts him with exposition <laughs> right, in a yeah. way that is so boring and uninteresting that you don't absorb any of the exposition. Right. And I would have oh, paid yeah. $10 billion. I would pay any amount of money for Mr. Weasley to take Harry aside, get a chair, spin it backwards, and sit down on it. Like, how... <laughs> Good, would that have been? <laughs> no, he's not giving him straight talk for teens. He's giving him, like, I don't know, your life is marked. maybe in danger. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, if somebody, I think, <laughs> I think if Weasley was going to spin around his chair and give him some straight talk for teens, it would have to be, like, about his changing body and why he's so angry and horny all the time. Which would also be a very good scene. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think the Dursleys never gave Harry the sex talk. So it's just like, it's up to Arthur Weasley to do that instead. (laughs) To this child that is not his. (laughs) 
God, that's so funny. What, I like to imagine that Harry Potter just didn't figure out what sex was until, like, way too late. Like, ever, really? That's, like, the yeah. ninth book that we don't get to. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Harry Potter. I was gonna say, they talk a lot about Harry being pretty horny in the sixth one when he and Ginny get together, but it's very non-sexual. I think it's just because Harry doesn't know what sex is yet. I don't remember that happening in that book. Yeah, it totally is. They're, when they're, like, describing how he and Ginny, like, start dating, he talks about, like, there being, like, this monster inside of him whenever he sees her. <laughs> is that real? Yeah. Please tell me that's cool. not real. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> that sucks. I hate that so much. That's well, like yeah, you know what else sucks? The girl's sexuality is like a blue blossoming flower. It's like the opposite of that, but they're both terrible. Okay, but hey, you know what else sucks? Is being a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> You're writing a book about a 16-year-old boy. I don't Evelyn. need to know about his inner beast every time he says he sees Jeannie <laughs> Weasley. Um, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very effective. It's like one of the only pieces of rhetoric from that whole series that like still sticks in my mind all these years later. Okay. All right. I, mean, I, so, I wish um, Harry Potter movies would just handle exposition better. Because they have so much exposition in them, and they just don't know how to tell you things that already happened in the past in, like, an interesting way. It's always someone's talking to somebody at a bar, and that's when you just let Grandpa fall asleep for a few minutes, because he doesn't need to be paying attention to Harry Potter right now. He needs to catch some Z's. That's your Grandpa. So, uh, the next thing I've written down is just that, like, the aesthetic of this movie is a lot, like, dingier than the first two. Everything's, like... The first movie is, like, cluttered... Or the first two movies are, like, cluttered but very clean at the same time. Yeah, very colorful and, like, shiny. Yeah, and this one is, like, cluttered and dusty as fuck. And there's cobwebs all over everything. That's more the aesthetic of Prisoner of Azkaban. And so they get on the train. They're on the train. It's train time. (laughs) <laughs> Which uh, is, I love this sequence, it's so cool. This train is super fun. And then, like, the oldest bone to pick in the book, why is Lupin on the train? It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just needs to be there, I guess. It's fine, he can't afford a cab. <laughs> but, yeah, then you have the awesome scene where the Dementors fly into the train, and you don't know why they're there, and the train stops, and the lights go out, and yeah, everything man. freezes. Like, it's super Like, in cool. the middle of this bridge, yeah, all the lights go out, and they're just, like, stranded across this, like, river. Yeah. God, it's so good. No, and this movie has such a horror sensibility. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, The Dementors is... are terrifying. Yeah, well, I mean, between that and the all the werewolf stuff at... Excuse me, all the werewolf stuff at the end, oh, it's truth. like... This whole movie, like, all the way through just has this, like... It's not full-on a horror movie, obviously. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But it's definitely... It's, like... It's, got it's that more kind of a of horror movie than any of these other things are. Yeah. That being said, Dementors are the worst, like, police force on the planet. <laughs> where they're sent to check this train to see if there's a murderer on it. And this one Dementor just flies over and is like, I'm looking for a murderer, but I'll snack on this sad boy real quick. <laughs> Just... I was going to say, I guess I didn't really think about why they 
why they target Harry like that, why they racially profile Harry yeah, on the No, train. it's literally just because he's had a sad life, so they're like, mmm, yummy. Really? <laughs> That's one sad say, boy. Imagine if, like, the police, there was just, like, a special skill that every adult in the world had that just, like, made police go away. Oh, it's called a gun. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Um, well, anything, it's called pol- white privilege, <laughs> but go ahead. If anything, a gun would just make more police come to you, Adelaide. <laughs> it's like how a milkshake brings boys to the yard. Exactly. A gun precisely. brings cops to the yard. <laughs> um... Okay, just also a little moment. After Harry, like, just fucking knocks himself out cold on the train and they wake him up, Daniel Radcliffe has this great delivery of that line where he's like, did either of you guys pass pass out? out?" (laughs) Like, it's like the perfect, like, self-conscious 13-year-old line. I think it's so funny. And Rod's like, no. (laughs) Uh, No, bud. Just you, bud. (laughs) That's a, that's Um, a you special. It's your signature move. (laughs) Um, and then, okay, so right after they get to Hogwarts, the next scene is just, like, this little, like, one-minute sequence of all the dudes in the dormitory, like, eating goofy jelly beans and making animal sounds. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah, like, I love that Like, this is the first scene. time we've ever seen just, like, the characters just hanging out and, like, being school kids, yeah. you know? That... I like I love where the story of Harry Potter goes. I think it's a very cool story. I do wish we had a little bit more fun before everything went to hell, you know? Right. Because they do show us the good times. But you have to have good times in order to miss the good times. I would have loved right. just, like, a little bit more good times, especially in the films, before we get into the darker times. Because the good times right. make the darker times darker, and the dark times make the good times gooder. You know? Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, I do know. But yeah, I don't know. And it's so fascinating to me that in a movie this fast paced mm-hmm. and this like stacked to the brim with just like content. Yeah. <laughs> they were so explicit to take a minute out and show us this. And it super works. Um, I think it's just a really good decision because it, I don't know. I, like I said, they don't feel like people in the first two movies as no. much. They feel and, like protagonists. Yeah, they're just like agents to make the plot move forward. But yeah. little moments like this just let you like let you in on like what they kind of do when they're just chilling, you know? Yeah. Like how they interact school. with each other when they're just hanging out. Just guys being dudes. Just, um, what's better than this? Just guys being dudes. <laughs> dudes making each other make elephant sounds and steam coming out their ears and shit. Football. <laughs> What's better than this, huh? Your friend sounds like a lion. You eat a jelly bean that's too spicy and steam comes out your ears like a Looney Tunes. <laughs> Just guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up with yeah, this bit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and I also just wrote down that the dialogue is like a hundred times better oh, yeah. in this movie than it is in the second two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it is about it. It's just the same kind of thing. Like, every part of this movie feels so much more naturalistic, I guess. Like, between just showing people doing their thing in school and the way the dialogue is written, it just feels so much more like a a story you're watching happening to people rather than just, like, this weird... I don't know. The first two movies feel, like, so distinctly removed from reality, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. 
It's hard to describe. Well, I think a part of it is just the actors getting older. I feel like they they do get better at delivering dialogue. Uh, Ron, that might be true too. Ron isn't always making those stupid faces anymore. Like I feel like they definitely <laughs> right. they definitely come into their own. Not to say they were bad before, because they definitely weren't. But they just like come into their own as these characters definitely a bit more. Right. And uh, I also want to make a note. Uh, just a second. Uh, the score in this movie is not a John Williams score. Oh. Um, but it rules. It's super good. Oh. Uh, I'm looking up who wrote it real quick. Um, oh, hey, uh, guess what? I'm a dumbass. He did write the score for this one. Good job. Good job, Jackson. <laughs> I thought, I thought that he only did the first two. He did the first three. My B. Uh-huh. My major B. Yeah. Still, though, the point... The point I was making was that he yeah, doesn't what use. Was your point? Well, he doesn't use any of the motifs that he used in the first two movies. Yeah. Um, it's got this movie has its own specific melodic like motif that they set up right at the beginning with that choir singing, double double boil and rubble. And I've got a um, frog in my hands. <laughs> But uh, that that line, it's like like that thing. Uh, yeah. And it's totally unique to this movie. I don't know. They might use it again later. But at this point, it's totally unique to this movie. Um, and they never use, you know, like that's not in it at all. I don't think. Um, what else is in it? <laughs> I'm trying to think. What's the other like main melodic motif that Harry Potter's famous for? like right before (laughs) um anyway but yeah i don't know and i think it's a really really interesting way to set it up to like putting it in that chorus like in the canon because once you set something to music like that and especially if it's words you're already familiar with Mm -hmm. it cements that melody in your mind so quickly that you immediately recognize it a lot more strongly than you would if it just showed up on its own, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it, I, I don't know, I think it's a really smart choice because it makes you, it, it forces you to recognize that motif much more immediately than just, you know, regularly playing a motif would, I think. Yeah. I think it's a super smart musical, just filmmaking decision. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like we're jumping around a lot in this movie, but it's just re- it's just so like quick paced. Like we're not jumping around. This is just like where it goes. Yeah, uh, and also yeah, I don't know. <laughs> also, it's probably good for us to not spend three hours <laughs> talking about movies listen, for once. Listen, uh, <laughs> I they jump around. We jump forward to the hippogriff scene where it's Hagrid's first class at Hogwarts. Yeah, man. super sweet. But and I, I love this. I I love this scene. I don't like... I love Buckbeak. I love the character, and I love how he's used in the film. I don't like how they changed the scene from the book, though. Cause I don't the, remember how it was different. Because in the book, there's not just one hippogriff. There's, like, a bunch of hippogriffs. So every student gets to have this little interaction with the hippogriffs. And the same thing happens where Buckbeak likes Harry, and Draco gets attacked by the hippogriff that he pisses off. But the scene where there's one hippogriff and Harry is like, oh, no, I'm forced to do it. And he has a magical (laughs) moment where he pets it and then he flies over the lake and goes, woohoo. Like, it just makes (laughs) it just makes Harry too special. Like, it's it it starts to get a little bit Mary Sue, you know? 
Yeah, no, I think I get you. I totally didn't remember that that was different in the book. But now that you say that, I think I just automatically like that version better. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just that movie thing of like... That scene sounds like it works a little bit better narratively, but it's not very cinematic, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's better to have both Beak flying over a lake with Harry Potter on his back. I get it, but... Right, yeah. And I was going to say, that picture of him flying on the back with, like, the wind in his hair is, like, on every piece of Harry Potter merchandise from yeah. then to infinity. So, I don't know, I guess it... <laughs> it's just, like, it's, you got... Pick your, pick your sin, pick your devil. Warner Brothers holds all the cards in this situation, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the, uh... And, okay, Bookbeak looks okay. He's a solid, he, like, 7 out of 10. Maybe a 6. Yeah. When he's just on his own, he looks great. Yeah. When he has to interact with another object, yeah. he looks quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. It's okay. It was 2004, I think. Uh, we can excuse that. My next favorite thing is that next they're back at the Great Hall and they're talking and they're like, oh, Sirius Black is getting closer to Hogwarts. And that one kid goes like, Sirius Black is like catching smoke, catching smoke with your bare hands. <laughs> but he's he's the same kid who earlier looked up what uh, the omen was and he's like, that's the worst omen in the world. It means... <laughs> Death. So who is this kid <laughs> who we've never seen before? And his only job is to whisper menacing things as the scene changes. Because I so love him. <laughs> God, oh, I wish I could come up with funnier versions than that. He's in so this good. movie for one reason. I wish he was there for literally every single scene transition. I know. So when they're like, oh, that's so good. Like and there's like, oh, you got a new broom, Harry, and the kid's like, new brooms, those can be really dangerous. You'll never know who sent them. And then we just like go on to the next thing. That would have been so good. Um, okay, another thing about this exact scene. Um, I just want to note that they have like textbooks and stuff around them. They're like studying. Yeah. Which is like they've never done that before. No, they like, had, like feel study like... hour before. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember it. They, they, nothing just, interesting ever happens, but they have them. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just, this movie, maybe I just noticed it more because I felt more like they were real students and real people just in general. Yeah. But, like, the fact that they all have their textbooks out and they're all, like, writing and reading and studying together, it just feels like a, it just feels like a part of the experience of Hogwarts that the first two movies didn't, like, interact with at all. Or yeah. if they did, it was, like, in a lazy throwaway kind of It's also a change in academics from being 11 to being 13. Like, they're definitely taking on more schoolwork now. Um, okay, so we're at the the Bogart class now, right? Uh, yeah. Which is probably my favorite scene in this whole movie. Yeah, God, it's so good. And the fact that, like, I mean, look, you can make fun of it and be like, oh, yeah, it's super whack for this professor to just be like, hey, all you 13-year-olds, let's (laughs) all take a look. Like, you're 13 and embarrassed of everything. Let's look at your worst fear fear in front of everybody. Uh Uh-huh. Whatever. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, That's not a real thing. There's no such thing as uh, puberty in Wizard World. And everyone's super... Super sure of themselves and confident. No, did you in their, see J.K. Rowling's tweet about sexual education at Hogwarts? Oh no, what is it? How it's uh, she's like, oh, they're kind of traditional, so it's not good. But uh, they have group masturbation sessions in Hufflepuff. <laughs> that's a thing that she tweeted. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It's, oh, that's the best. That wasn't a co- 
somebody <laughs> making fun of her. That's a thing that she said. Oh, man. So it's just like, oh, it's bad for us to have sex, but Hufflepuffs are like, oh, it's totally, like, we know you gotta get it out, so let's just make a whole day out of it. And like, I, hate, I hate you, Jackson. Why? What? What? Why do you get so uncomfortable anytime I talk about sex at all? <laughs> what do you think, Jackson, my brother? I don't want to <laughs> listen to you talking about jacking off. <laughs> why not? <laughs> all right. What do you think about the Hufflepuff's masturbation sessions? No. Tell me, have an opinion. I'm not talking about the cum coming out of Harry Potter like you love <laughs> to talk about. He's not a Hufflepuff. He's not invited. No. Anyway. New can Scamander we talk about how Neville's him. literal worst fear is Professor Snape? Can we just like even touch him on that and how freaking messed up that is? Yeah, I don't know. I buy it. Yeah, because Snape is the worst dude. He sucks. <laughs> um... But yeah, the fact that he like just puts on this swing record, yeah. it's so good. Like, and it just has this like super fun energy. Yeah. Um, no, the way that they characterize does... Lupin is super good and super effective. Yeah. It does kind of piss me off though that as soon as Harry gets up, he's like the third kid, and it turns into a Dementor, and he's just like, "Oh God, no!" And it's like everybody go home. It's like yeah. he ruined it for everybody else in the class. That pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. And, and I just I don't know. I guess I just wanted it to be longer. I wanted more of it. Yeah. It's just more singling out Harry because he's special, and sometimes that's yeah. good, and sometimes it makes Harry big sad. Right. And it's just showing you more of that. Yeah, and that's totally true. It's just that, like, in this movie, he just still feels like so much more of a character than in the first... Oh, yeah. Especially totally. the first one, but also the second one, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... I don't know, and I guess it's all just tied into that being 13 and being embarrassed of everything it's like the fact that he's constantly being singled out for everything is just like yeah probably mortifying for a 13 year old and it kind of it kind of feels that way you know yeah um so (laughs) so the next scene is the scene where we find out that Sirius Black is at Hogwarts because the fat lady which is super cool by the way that she's called that but the fat lady's portrait is ripped and everybody freaks out but there's this thing that Percy does is that anytime he's around a, like a group of students, he's like, "Out of the way, I'm the head boy." <laughs> I know. I'm the head boy. Get out of my way. I'm the boy. Respect the boy. Respect the boy. I'm the head. I'm the big boy. <laughs> I would say he's called him the big boy. <laughs> I'm big boy. I am the one who is in charge. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's just really good. Uh, and then they go to Severus Snape's, Severus Snape's uh, Big Dick Energy class on what werewolves are. <laughs> yeah, God, that's so good, it's too. It's real good. <laughs> Snape is just like, hey, <laughs> we're learning about werewolves now. I don't give a fuck about what you were learning about before. <laughs> I know. This is just like, especially how to recognize one. <laughs> like, not even... It's, like, the least subtle... Like, it's half of a step away from being, like, your professor's a werewolf. Yeah, like, and it's really good. <laughs> no, but, yeah, big dick energy is a perfect way to describe yeah, that. The, the only thing that's bad about that scene is where uh, Professor Snape walks to the back of the class and uh, flips on a projector that has a slideshow. <laughs> Right. What the fuck is that at Hogwarts? What is that? Like, is <laughs> okay, there wait, just like a big over... crystal ball that you can look into? Did we skip over 
um, when all the kids are asleep in, like, the big room because Sirius Black is inside. We did. And they're like, okay, because this is my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> where they're like, should we tell Harry that Sirius Black is coming to kill him specifically? And Dumbledore's like, yes, we should. But for now, let him sleep. Because in dreams, we can deep dive to the bottom <laughs> of the deep ocean and fly on the highest clouds. Everyone's like... Okay, like that's the weirdest. Like, I I wrote down just like WTF in like yeah. huge letters there because it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, yeah, Dumbledore? Like, 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 <laughs> well, it's like let him sleep, and it's like, yeah, he's had like a rough day. He's a kid, let him sleep. But he's like, because right. in dreams, you're like, hold hold on, Dumbly, Dumbly door. Okay, and I do want to talk about um. Michael Gambon as Dumbledore, also. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know, it's a really interesting decision they made, because because um, clearly he's playing Dumbledore in a very different way. Oh, yeah. That's apparent from, like, the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been weird if we had kept the original actor the whole way through, because Dumbledore becomes a much more active character as that story goes along. It's very true. And, like, that that original actor just plays Dumbledore in this very, like... Old wizard. He's the kind of guy that you, like, wonder if he's lucid at any given moment or not. Yeah, which is really <laughs> like, enjoyable. Which is, yeah, which is really funny when you, his only job is just to say cryptic things and wise old saws to yeah. you after, in, like, <laughs> in your hospital room after your adventure. After you've but, lost like, all the bones in your arm. <laughs> Right, but then, like, you know, when, he has when to it gets to later, Voldemort. yeah, he has to fight Voldemort, and he has to, like, fight off a whole bunch of zombies in the middle of yeah, an has island. Yeah, like, fight that... with Voldemort in the back of a Denny's. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, if, like, if it was that same guy, it would feel weird. Like, it wouldn't feel right. So I think, like, right off the bat when they brought in a new actor, and I think this was probably around the time when the sixth... Uh, book was coming out when this movie was coming out. Yeah. And they were probably realizing, like, okay, like, Dumbledore can't just be this, like, goofy, senile old man. Like, he yeah. has to kind of be a little more well, Jackson, aware of his you know they recasted because the original actor died, right? Yeah, I know that. Okay. I'm just saying I think they I think they took the opportunity okay, gotcha. to take it was, in a different direction. It's not direction. like they were planning to bring on someone else. They No, no, no. I just, yeah, they decided to change the character with the new actor. I get what you're saying. Right. Um... But yeah, so like all said and done, I don't know. It's just it's a very different portrayal of the character, but I think yeah. it works. And people will make run. fun of the Goblet of Fire till the end of time, but like I <laughs> right. enjoy the new Dumbledore. I enjoy what yeah. he brings to the table as the character. Right. And yeah, it's like <laughs> I can't help but imagine that whiny ass at the end after they get back from the time turner and they're like, We did it, we did your plan and he's just like, What plan? Good night. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a line written for the first Dumbledore. Yeah, for sure. it definitely was. <laughs> But, like, God, that's so funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, still, like, he's, it's just, it's a very different take on the character, and it's a little bit jarring at first, because the first one was so fun, but I think it's a necessary sacrifice. Yeah. So, now we're at the world's stupidest Quidditch game, where we know <laughs> there's a murderer on campus, and it's also, uh, lightning every two seconds. And we're still playing <laughs> soccer. Yeah, man, that's important. It's part of their identity. Yeah, and then Harry fucking falls off his broom, and everyone's mad at him because he lost the Quidditch game. <laughs> Literally, that's just, yeah, that that's... scene where they're in the hospital afterwards, and Harry's like, 
did we win? And at first you're like, haha, Harry, that doesn't matter. But then everyone like looks around awkwardly and Hermione's like, nobody blames you, Harry. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, you assholes, you actually care right. that you didn't win the game? Yeah, I don't know, but that's like another 13-year-old thing, I feel like. You know, um, the, uh, oh, okay, so around here is when Fred and George, like, give him the Marauder's Map, which is dumb. Yeah. Like, they're in, like, their fourth year of Hogwarts, and they're just like, oh, here's this thing that we've been using pretty much every day for the last four years, and we love it more than anything else in the world. It's our prized possession. Here you go. Do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> like... If I, I don't know, if I were in charge, I would have made it, like, they were in their last year, and maybe they just pulled off, like, a huge giant prank that they'd been planning for a really long time. Which they do and, in the sixth book. Right, exactly. So if it was something like that, and then afterwards they gave him the map, like, we're done, that was it, we're bowing out, dropping the mic, like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been great, but it's just, like, <laughs> here you know, go. it's so Kiss weird. My ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so weird that it's, like... Uh, oh, you're trying to go to Hogsmeade? Uh, here, take our favorite thing in the world. Um, (laughs) but I don't know. It's fine, whatever. And there's also the plot twist. It's a total, not plot twist, uh, the plot hole that is stupid, but I still think it's really funny that, like, if Peter Pettigrew shows up on the map, that means that friend George saw, like, Peter Pettigrew, (laughs) like, walking, like, on top of their brother for four years of Hogwarts. For so long. And didn't think anything of it. Yeah, or that's just so like, funny all right. Me. Anyway, maybe that's what our rat's name is. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Uh, so they get to Hogsmeade and they get in a fight. There's this moment where uh, they're back in town and they like overhear Professor McGonagall talking about Harry kind of behind his back. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's this really great shot where like you see the three of them like sort of looking over there. And then, like, you cut to them, and they're talking, and it's like, we have to speak, there's something about Harry Potter. And then they cut back to the three of them, and Harry's just gone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so funny. Like, he's just, he's on top of it so fast. Yeah. Invisibility (laughs) cloak on, friends, abandoned. (laughs) See ya, Um, I gotta go learn some exposition, (laughs) y'all. But, yeah. This is the part where I jump around, so I might miss some things. But then we have the scene where Harry finds Peter Pettigrew after he learns that he was murdered by Sirius Black, or so it seems. Wait, 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 wait. We're skipping over Hagrid's suit. Are we? We can talk about that. Yeah. Hagrid's suit is the best part of the whole movie. He's to got me. a great tie. That is the emotional core of this story, is when, when Hagrid's skipping giant rocks across the pond yeah. in a suit made out of fur with a polka dot tie. <laughs> With, like, his pant legs rolled up to his knees. <laughs> Leave Hagrid alone. God, it's so good. Um, yeah, that's all. Okay, great. great. You can <laughs> just want to dunk on Hagrid real quick. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's, just, it's the coolest thing that they do with the Marauder's Map, where Harry finds Peter Pettigrew on the map, and he's like, what? He's supposed to be dead. And then he goes out in the night looking for him, and he there's this cool shot where we see him coming right towards Harry on the map, but Harry can't see him because, spoiler alert, he's a mouse. And right. so, like, Peter Pettigrew, like, basically just, like, walks straight through Harry, and we don't see where he goes. And then Snape's like, what you got there, Potter? And it's just a really cool scene. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good. Yeah. I was gonna say, there's a lot of really good Snape stuff in this movie. Yeah. My problem is not with Snape's character. I guess my problem is pe- with people's reaction to Snape's character. 
Because yeah. they want to make him a perfect anti-hero. And it's like, he's not. He's a shitty dude who did some good stuff. Like, he's not... He's not your <laughs> uwu baby. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> another really good moment in this is when they're, like, about to go be with Hagrid for when Buckbeaks gets executed. Yeah. And, like, the executioner's wearing, like, a hood and yeah. has this giant axe that he's chilling in the courtyard like he's a bloodborne villain with, yeah, like, man. 10 billion crows <laughs> around him. God, like, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so when they, like, take Buckbeak away, he's just so angry that he didn't get to kill something that he just smashes a pumpkin. It's like, who is this dude? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I'm trying to... Are we missing anything if we go to the sequence where they're getting dragged into the Whomping Willow? think so no because okay, cool. that happens and then he gets bit and then they get a walking wheel so yeah that's right. the next thing actually cool that sequence uh sucks yeah it's not good it looks like it's, it's from <laughs> one of the bad playstation harry potter video games yeah there's that moment god it's like almost cringeworthy where like hermione's swinging around on one of the branches and it, like swings past harry and she like grabs his collar and her hand stays there for like four seconds he's got that looney tunes get... moment yeah. of like looking down and looking up and it's like, the, and she just like grabs his shirt collar and takes him with her. Like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah, it's not great. It's so bad. Yeah, and then they um, get there, and then they have the scene where they find, uh, oh god, what's his name? Peter Pettigrew. No, the serious black. black. Find serious black and Lupin and Peter Pettigrew, and they're all like, oh, you did it, you did it, blah blah. blah. But then Snape just, like, yeah, busts I was through the door, that. and it's like, hey, Snape, how did you get here? Yeah, like, is there any explanation for why well, he knew like, that they were going to be there? Well, it's like, you could argue he know, he knew about it because, like, he knew about what the Marauders were doing back when he was at school, but right. why would he come there right now, right here, yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he definitely just, like busts into and he's like <laughs> right. oh you assholes i found you i knew it it's like and that's the thing about yeah. it is like the here's what i would have done if i were jk rowling here's what i would have done yeah or alfonso Cuaron. i don't remember how they handle it more. or their strange child um snape keeps the marauders map when he confiscates it and he sees that they're there and that's what yeah and then, gets when, him to go there. and then when Harry kills him, he could take the map off. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. I guess the Snape would just have the map then. Yeah. No, but, but... he kills him, take off him. Uh, no, but they knock him out. They knock him the fuck out. Yeah, they that's can take what it back I from him. just said, Jackson. When they yeah, kill him, okay. they can take the map off of him. I thought you were being. I thought you were doing a goof about them killing Snape. No. Um. I mean, I am. Yeah. But it's just not the one that you were thinking that I was doing. Right. But anyway, like, but and yeah, that's the thing that sucks about it is like Snape being there in that situation is great. It's like a great addition to the scene. Yeah, they just didn't they didn't do the like. It just doesn't make, make sense why he happened. Yeah. But speaking of that scene, that scene is so cool because if you look at the shrieking shack, it's like moving during that whole scene. Oh yeah. And it creates this like cool like chaos chaos and tension to the scene that's already very filled with tension, and it's just like right. super cool. That's a total Alfonso Cuaron move. Oh, yeah. Like, he's all about, like, just motion in frame in really interesting ways. And, you know, there's a little bit of that in this movie, like, there when you're talking about. But, like, in yeah. Roma and in Gravity, um, 
it's just like there's always something there's always some kind of motion to draw your eye or make you feel something mm-hmm. like any get in a given scene that's not just you know people moving around in the way that they normally would that's yeah. like one of the things that he really does great that's a that's a total Quaron move <laughs> So we get we have our big revelation where we know that Peter Grew did it. Peter Grew was the rat, and then we're all heading out. Everything is going great. Uh, but so Lupin <laughs> starts to turn into a werewolf, and because like, it just happens to be a full moon yeah. right now. No, but so that Peter takes that moment to escape, but he like does a little wave and then like transforms into a rat and leaves all his clothes. Which yeah. is de- definitely isn't how that works. You Not definitely works. keep your clothes when you transform. So now there's just a naked Peter Pettigrew running around. <laughs> and when he turned from a rat into a dude, he, he had clothes. He clothes. So they Every just Every other that. time, yeah. So he's going to run up to Voldemort and be like, what's up, Voldy? Here's my whole penis. <laughs> my name's Peter Pettigrew, and I'm horny for Voldemort. <laughs> my name's Peter Pettigrew. And I'm so hard for evil. <laughs> I'll chop off my hand so quick for you. I'll chop off my dick. I don't care. <laughs> um, anyway, that same scene. They do such a good job of making the werewolf transformation look super painful. Yeah, like, man. Like the way that it's his, that like, horror movie stuff coming back. Yeah, it's like the way that they make like his legs like stretch to be more like dog like. It's like it makes you like cringe. Like it's just so it yeah. looks so grotesque. And I love um, that he's yeah. not the werewolf itself isn't like a furry like werewolf dog either. He's kind of like doesn't have any hair and he's like weird and like right. pale. Like it's super cool. It's a super yeah. They put a lot of thought into take. the design. Yeah, it's a super original take on werewolves, too, because we've all seen totally. werewolves ten million times. Mm. And yeah, it's just one of those things that's like... Uh, I, God damn it, I totally lost my entire train of thought in the middle of that sentence. Great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I just still can't get over the fact that they walk outside and it's just like, Oh fuck, we all forgot, it's a full moon right now! Right, and... and- <laughs> It's like, did you take your potion? And it's like, he could just be taking meds for this. Yeah, he's got birth control for, <laughs> for werewolf. Yeah. Why is uh, he even oh, skipping classes if he just has to take a day after pill? Like, what right. are we doing? <laughs> um, but uh, I like that they don't, like, turn him back into a dude by making him remember who he is or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And they kind of try to for a second. They try to, like, they allude to the fact that that's something that can work sometimes. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. Like, they don't well, they don't bail you out of the situation. What confuses me about this scene is the whole thing is that Maddie, Padfoot, and Prong, Moody, Padfoot, and Prongs, <laughs> the whole thing is that they became animagis, chose to turn into animals in order to hang out with him when he was a werewolf because he wanted right. to attack them when they were animals. But mm. then when Sirius turns into a dog, the werewolf is just like, time to fuck this dog. Like, it's not like, I don't know. I Maybe it's different because there's people there, but it, like, I don't know. It felt weird. If I, I don't know, because they don't explain any of that in, yeah, the, no, they don't. in the movie. They're the just like, oh, that, they're all animojis, whatever. Right. And they don't even say that, you know, Prongs is Harry's dad and they oh, made the Marauder's true. Map and they're all friends. Like, they don't touch on that at all. Like, that's, that's just something you know from the Harry Potter whatever. Um... But if I remember correctly, it wasn't that they 
Well, they, I don't know. I thought they did. I thought Danielle it was, was that wounded. they were fighting him when he was a werewolf. I thought they were like restraining him in their animal forms. I but know. I think Peter they were Pettigrew just turns into a mouse, so that doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't, I don't know. know. It, should, it matches your personality. That's not a thing. I thought you got to choose what kind of animal you turned into. Well, maybe they were like, "Hey, Peter, you're a rat," and he was like, "Okay, guys, <laughs> let me hang out with you." No, I think he's just like a. I think he's just like a Tumblr girl who's like, I'm trash. Like, I'm so trash all the time. My anime just should be a little rat in the trash all the time because I'm so <laughs> rat garbage in as the a trash. person. Put me right I'm in like the toilet. I'm like just a little, I'm just like a little trash rat all the time. <laughs> I'm such anime trash and I'm going to turn into a little anime rat. There's no way you could have known this, but I've definitely taken out my headphones by now. <laughs> okay. You get so mad whenever I make fun of <laughs> that kind of person. It's because you get too into it. <laughs> you take okay. on this weird character. I don't like who you become when you turn into that character. Why would you let Remember me have the man that you podcast. are. This is the heart that you reside in, Jackson. Um. Okay, I don't have a lot written down for the rest of the movie. No. Because pretty much everything just kind of works from yeah, here on no, out. No, the time travel plot is probably, honestly, one of the best like time travel plots. Like It works super well, super smoothly. They, everything makes a good amount of sense. They, they, yeah, they just do it. It works really yeah. well. It's a great time travel thing. The only thing that's weird is like Dumbledore's like crazy galaxy brain plan for them. Like, yeah, <laughs> he has like every step of this whole thing all planned out, so he knows exactly when they need to go and like what they should be doing. And but like, you should you should definitely go save Buckbeak and then use him to go and fight Werewolf Lupin later. He didn't see anything of what happened, but for some reason he like yeah, he knows like, exactly what they should do. He like woke up that morning and was like, I know what I need to do. Because he's like actively helping them throughout the day too, where he has like right, Mr. yeah, he's like distracting people. Yeah, he's like, hey, like... Mr. Magic, look over there. And it's like Dumbledore. <laughs> how the hell do you know what's happening? How did you plan this out? Um, he's there's Ocean, also Ocean's Elevening it by himself. <laughs> you know, that's totally what it is. Um... <laughs> uh, there's also a really good moment when Harry still hasn't quite figured out. Like, what's going on when they're going around, and he's, like, looking at himself, and he's just like, this is not normal. <laughs> and I think it's really funny. I just thought that was a really good it's joke. Like, yeah, Harry. Uh-huh. You okay? Um, but, yeah. yeah. See, oh, literally... and there's also a really good moment when they're distracting the Minister of Magic, and it's just like, where's Buckbeak? And he's just like, oh, I don't know, must have run off. Do you want to get fucking turnt, Hagrid? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hagrid, <laughs> do you have, like, a lot of alcohol on you? I'm ready to I'm get spent... flushed. I've spent so much time planning out every detail yeah, of this I day. I have been galaxy braining it all day, and now I want yeah. to kill all of my brain cells. I am parched. I want hard liquor. <laughs> and Hagrid's like, yeah, we don't have small cups here, my friend. It's right. like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Let's party. God, I want to see that scene. Yeah, where um, it's just Hagrid and Dumbledore getting sloshed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and then they save everybody, and he flies away, on, and Sirius Black flies away on Buckbeak, and Lupin's like, I'm leaving because I'm a werewolf, and Harry's like, I love you, and he's like, yeah, but I'm a werewolf. <laughs> and then Sirius definitely steals Harry a new broom. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way in hell he paid for that. <laughs> Which is like, okay, Harry's like super rich, though. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Why doesn't Harry just buy his own damn broom? Uh-huh, uh-huh, like, why uh-huh. does he have to make somebody else buy it for yeah, him? McGonagall his other broom too. Harry Potter's just true. straight mooching. 
just god damn it yeah why isn't there he's so stingy yeah it's because he's the chosen one jackson <laughs> anyway do they even like give like a half-assed reason like oh this no. is your savings you can't touch it yet or something like that no they don't because so remember he immediately buys all of the candy on the train right. the first time he gets all his money so <laughs> right God damn it, Harry, buy your own fucking Yeah, brooms. buy your own shit, dude. Yeah, he got his books for free, too. God. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? The rich get richer. I know. Trickle-down economics is broke. <laughs> anyway. I guess, well, okay, I don't know. Because he, he did save the whole world from Hitler, though, so... I guess that's a pretty good trickle-down. Okay, but that was... A poor person could have done that, too. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, literally the only thing I've written down now after that is that uh, the ending freeze frame is probably the worst freeze frame of all time. God, it's so good. Why did they end it there? (laughs) You were doing so good. (laughs) And then you just stop as he's about to hit the camera while he's flying (laughs) on his broom. It's like smeared. It's hilarious. It looks like a reaction meme that someone made in 2002. (laughs) It's like a five gum commercial. (laughs) Yeah. What it's like chewing five gum. (laughs) Harry Potter writing a hippogriff. God, that'd be so good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then also, this movie has good credits. It does. It has very fun credits. It's all the footsteps walking around in the Marauders map, and they like walk around all the names and stuff, and they like sometimes they'll like walk into it and get stuck by the letters and like walk out of it. It's very fun to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, final thoughts? I mean, this movie is, like, just, it, it's really good. Yeah, it's much better than the other two. And it's, like, I don't know, it, it's just not boring. Like, it's never yeah. boring. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. But and there's a lot of stuff boring. that they just straight up don't tell you that they should be telling you. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, you're entertained the whole time. Like, the first two movies are so fucking long. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. There's a lot of just, like, sitting around and talking. Yeah, and this movie is, like, such a breath of fresh air. It's, like, it feels like they put so much more thought into the process of adapting the book in this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the first two, they're just taking stuff from the book and putting it right in the script and just doing it. Yeah, like, not understanding what they need to cut. Yeah, exactly. Not understanding what they need to cut, what they need to change to make things work better on film. Mm-hmm. They just, like, took the book and were just like, bam, there you go. But, like, this one, it seems like they put a lot more effort into making it work as a two-hour, more or less, experience, yeah. you know? I It's still, like, two hours and 20 minutes long, which is still an improvement. Yeah, and it's two hours and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Can we... <laughs> How long are the rest of them? Are the rest of them just as long? Let me take a look. I don't, um, I don't know if they learned their lesson. Uh, oh, I guess it is two hours, 20 minutes. Oh, it's okay. So it's not as much shorter as I thought it was. It's no, still I guess it just one, doesn't though. feel as long. It's yeah. still pretty long. Let's see. Goblet of Fire is 157 minutes. Better. So that's like 240 almost. No, worse. Yeah, worse. Uh, Order of the Phoenix... Oh, that's the one where he wears that tight t-shirt. Um, yeah. Winky 138 face. minutes, shortest one yet. Better, Which is better. funny, because that's the longest book. Um, what's the sixth one called? Half-Blood Prince? Uh, my life Half-Blood is Prince is 153. Okay, long again. Okay, the last two have to be shorter, because they're well, split into two parts. I think they're still pretty long. 
146 for the first one, so still very long. Still very long. Um, and the last one, short, short, under two hours. Oh. Okay. 130 minutes. Nope, they're all long. No, nope, Okay, that is the shortest one, though. It is. So, uh, yeah, I think we can wrap it up on, uh, HP and, HP and the P of A. In the ass pass. In the, in the piss of ass. Good one, Jackson. Oh. Here we go. Bam. Whoa. Roasting. See, what I did was I just took the initials and I replaced them with curse words that started with the same letter. Good one. I could do penis of ass, too. God, why didn't I think of that? Pen- and the, I there, would have that Grammy. Are there any Are there any good A words besides ass? Arsenic. No. Are there any good P ones besides piss and penis? Pelvis. <laughs> and the pelvis of ass. Phallus. <laughs> Phallus is good. Oh, that's a good one. That's like a. <laughs> write that down. Write that yeah, down. Yeah, Harry Potter and the Phallus of the penis. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, incorrect. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, five out of five. Perfect movie. Um. Perfect. Best movie. What's Anyone your? Anyone who disagrees is Jared. <laughs> He's Jared. From Subway. Okay. Uh, was he a pedophile? Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean, not good, but, like, good that we picked somebody <laughs> bad. Great! Love that! <laughs> um, what's what's your other thing? <laughs> Jared, Is it Jared from, from Subway. Subway? <laughs> I don't need to talk about Jared from Subway. No. Where do you think... Um, do you think somebody owns the pants from that commercial? Like the khaki pants? Yeah, like the big pants he used to wear. Oh, I don't know. He's, he does probably. I guess that's pants. I guess that's true. That probably his pants. Yeah, why would well, he sell his really pants? Were they really his pants or were they prop pants? Oh, I'm sure they were his pants. Okay, maybe you can, you're right. You can just buy big pants, Jackson. I can't, I can't picture him. I just think of the guy who switched from Verizon to Sprint. Speaking of corporate spokespeople who suck. They look very similar. Jared from... It's a conspiracy. They're the same guy. Anyway. You think that guy's a a pet... Oh, they do. They look exactly the same. Yeah, they are very similar. Jared's just got a creepier smile. Yeah. He just... You know what? Honestly, he just looked more like a pedophile. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shot in the dark. Anyway. uh, This has been Pedophile Watch. (laughs) Um, So, my secondary thing is just a little thing, but... um. I watch a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved just because it's funny and it's good and it's like the only good thing on BuzzFeed. Uh, it's got Shane and Ryan in it and they're both great. Uh, but Shane <laughs> has another thing on BuzzFeed that is the second only good thing on BuzzFeed, which is a show called Ruining History, where he brings uh, he brings Ryan Begara on the show with him and his fiance or girlfriend, I don't remember what their relationship is, but her name is Sarah. And then he brings in two other special guests that are also from BuzzFeed, so that can be literally anybody, uh, where he just kind of takes, like, interesting... where Shane takes, like, interesting stories from history and just kind of tells them in, like, a really relatable and funny way. <laughs> like, it's literally just seems like friends sharing stupid anecdotes between each other. <laughs> and there's a lot of fun, like, animations and the stories that he shares are really cool and really funny, and it's just a great show. Cool. So, yeah, it's, is it like, it's on YouTube. Is it like, oh, and then George Washington was like, oh, democracy's so lit, fam. Pizza is no. bae. Is it like that? It, it, 
there's a little bit of that to it, <laughs> but like only like a little bit. Uh, Democracy's so litty right now. In like a shame a day kind of way, not in like a you way. <laughs> they do not dab on this show, but yeah. So it's called Ruining History, and it's just on the YouTubes, and it's very good and it's very funny. It's also on Hulu for some reason. Oh, that's for some fun. reason there's a lot of YouTube shows on Hulu, I've discovered. Uh, which is whatever. <laughs> okay, do you want to hear my thing? Yeah. It's um Domino's. That's not true. Um so, like like the game or like the pizza? <laughs> no, like the pizza. Because we did that okay. bit from earlier, and I wanted to call back to it, but I didn't have any meaningful way to do that. Um, okay. So. I've discovered um, pizza. So I promise I'm going to try to bring things that aren't Marvel comic books or indie video games on the Switch soon. <laughs> but, or albums. Uh, no, I've never done an album. I, you've done songs. I've done a couple of songs, yeah. Um, the What I'm going to bring today is Hollow Knight. It's this little indie game... Uh, I should not say little indie game because it's fucking huge. <laughs> but um, it's so it's this game that came out on I think it's on pretty much everything. It's on Switch, PlayStation, Probably. PC. Um, but it's this Castlevania or excuse me, Metroidvania platformer, meaning it's just like an open world kind of game, but it's like a 2D platformer. Um, Is that Castlevania? It was like that too. Yeah, that's why they call it a Metroidvania. Okay. Did you... Do you want to explain, explain no, just your thought process? No, just, okay. just move on. Okay. Um, I'll be over here. <laughs> no, it's fine. Wait, what about Metroid and Castlevania? No, don't, no, don't draw attention to okay. it. Okay. Just, just um, move on. <laughs> the, uh, I'm okay. But it's very much... I don't need any water. I don't want to get you any water. Okay. Well, that is good, because I don't want any. Okay. Do you need something? No. Okay. You can do your thing. Do you want to play a video game? No. Okay. I don't know any. <laughs> um. So it's very much <laughs> like spiritually in the same vein of Dark Souls. It's pretty much the Dark Souls of platformers. Um, it's the Dark Souls <laughs> of platformers? By which I mean it's not just that it's really hard. I mean it like actually shares a lot of similarities with Dark Souls. It's all about, like, this world that you just exist in, and you don't really have any distinct story or drive to be doing the things you're doing, but you just want to go and fight things and explore and get to the next world because it's fun to do, you know? Um, and it's very much like Dark Souls in the sense that you're, like, just getting to all these different zones with really, with checkpoints that are spaced very far apart and, like, a lot of enemies and you're just, like, exploring this world with little to no direction and you just discover checkpoints and you just keep going and you go along and you're just uncovering this whole world. Um, it's all hand-drawn animated, kind of like Cuphead was, except it's not, obviously not in the same style. Yeah, uh, no. but it's got this fun aesthetic of like everything is like bug related. It's like you and all the enemies in this game are just like these tiny little bug guys that are running around fighting each other with swords and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's got one of the best soundtracks of the modern era. It's just this like gorgeous like 
it walks a fine line between being just like ambient and sort of ethereal, but also having really distinct songs in it when it wants to have them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it, it creates a mood like more perfectly than any other game I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, and the whole game is so like tone forward. It has such a really specific aesthetic that carries like between the, like the story elements and the things that you read and the characters and the game design and the music. It's like, it's just this totally immersive experience. That's like hard to like, I don't know. It's, it just feels like a perfectly created game. It's like hard to find it's almost any fault in it whatsoever. Um, and it's $15. It's yeah, a it's very cheap. $15 game. They've released three free expansion packs for the game. And it's and it, it's an enormous map. It's huge. Like, I cannot imagine how much work went into this game. Um, and they're selling it for $15. Um, yeah, so that game's called Hollow Knight. I cannot say enough good things about it. I love it. Um, and they're coming out with a sequel soon uh, called... Uh, City of Ember. I don't remember what it's called. Um, no, it's Spark. It's something? based on no. It's the girl character, right? Who's like follows you on your adventure. What's her name? I don't know what her name is. Silk Song. It's called Silk Song. Silk Song. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just really excited about this game. I've been playing it lately, and it's so accessible to anybody because it's fifteen dollars. Like I yeah, it's very. I good. can't get over how much content this game gives you for the price that it has. It's just incredible. Uh, Hollow Knight on everything, but it's best on the Switch because everything's best on the Switch. <laughs> Hollow Knight on everything. On... <laughs> it's like the tagline. So, hey, Adeline, do you want to hear um, a... This is not a one-star review. This is a one-half of one-star review of Harry Potter and the oh, Prisoner God. of Azkaban. They, they hacked into the mainframe <laughs> just uh, to give the worst review. This is from Letterboxd user Benjamin123. He says... Or... He says, super fucking bad. I'd rather eat shit than watch this fucking shitty movie. Is that it? That's it. Okay, great. My name's Jackson McMurray. <laughs> My name's Adeline McMurray. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. We didn't say that at the and beginning of the podcast. I'd rather eat shit than shitty the shitty movie. <laughs> what I were like, you saying? I don't think we even said No Nerds Allowed at the beginning of this podcast. No, I, we maybe probably did it. Um, I like that it kind of implies that he didn't even watch it the first time. No. I'd rather eat shit than watch this movie. Like he didn't, yeah, like he's never seen the movie, but he's just like, wow, I don't wanna. You can't pay 